Welcome back to Inside Games, the only game news show brave enough to release buggy episodes and simply just let the mod community fix them later. Yeah, who needs to release games that are complete and bug-free when you have that Bethesda magic? Oh, yeah, we're going to have to have the modders fix that one. Uh, modders, could we get some stability patches and improvements on Lawrence, please? And we're back. How are you feeling, Lawrence? Ooh, I feel great, Bruce. Wow, look at all that. Uh, boy, it's, just real, it's a real shame I couldn't have come this way to begin with, huh? I mean, it is, but that's what modders are for. And it's uh, that's uh, the reality we've all grown to accept because it's a Bethesda game. That's why we're all wondering about their upcoming open space action RPG, Starfield. Uh, it's supposedly shipping with the next generation of the developer's creation engine, appropriately named Creation Engine 2. So will it be as outrageously busted as Bethesda's last release, Fallout 76? Or will the fact that it's been delayed, you know, about a half of a year and releasing on fewer platforms in general mean that Starfield will ship tighter than an airlock? For that, we'll uh, hear from our tightness correspondent, Charlotte Avery. Charlotte, is Starfield tighter than a drum? Ooh, let's just say that maybe Todd Howard should have saved some of that Botox for Starfield. Boom, rested. <laughs> Watch out, Charlotte's got some claws. <laughs> Uh, it's all a good fun, Todd. Don't have a hit taken out on me. Jokes aside, we love you. And and Todd, he can rock a leather jacket like no other video game developer. Uh, Starfield, on the other hand, is rocking a ton of um, rocks, uh, according to a new performance preview from IGN's Michael Thompson. We don't mean to make it all sound bad, though, even if that does get more people to click on our video. Thompson is very optimistic for Starfield, being an admitted lover of sci-fi games, but finds plenty of areas in which Starfield will hopefully improve before it launches in the first half of 2023. And Thompson kicks off his technical appraisal by noticing the height fog and global illumination in Starfield's outdoor vistas pointing out that both these techniques are returning from Fallout 76 to give landscapes a sense of scale and gravitas that make them so inviting to explore. Long story short, the exteriors look cool, but unfortunately doesn't showcase any brand new tech. Uh, exterior shadows are also fairly low resolution in this preview, resulting in some graphical artifacts and accuracies when those space crabs start skittering around. Interiors show more graphical flourish thanks to liberal application of volumetric lighting and much higher shadow resolution. This is how you get those smoky, mysterious hallways and those long banded shadows that just scream space noir. You can actually see the rendering shift from exterior to interior in the provided gameplay demo, which is pretty neat. But apparently the space noir is so smoky in the game's interiors that there aren't any reflections, not even screen space reflections. And despite high gloss on the floor, it appears the game uses cube map reflections to provide faster, but less accurate reflections off of glossy surfaces. How am I supposed to melt my GPU now? And if the game doesn't even support screen space reflections, you can bet ray traced reflections are right out. We're gonna be in the 2050s before a Bethesda game supports ray tracing. Jeez. Thompson points out that the creation engine surely must support screen space reflections as they were used in Fallout 76. It's possible the preview footage simply didn't contain any footage of water or other reflective surfaces that would have shown this rendering technique. Uh, but again, even screen space reflections are a fairly dated graphical technique. Thompson suggests that Bethesda went this route to ensure the game could scale to low-end PCs, potentially even the last generation of Xbox Ones. Uh, even though those aren't listed as officially supported platforms. Yeah, and even if that were the case, they could have done what every other developer does and just make those advanced reflections a rendering option that can be disabled for older hardware. 
Either way, we're unlikely to see fancy ray trace reflections in Starfield, but Bethesda engines are rarely on the cutting edge of graphics, so that's not a huge surprise. Thompson finds improvements in Starfield's NPCs over Fallout 76, but again, that's mostly in artistic craft and resolution than in new rendering techniques. NPCs feature subsurface scattering like they did in 76, but have more face bones and show potential to be more expressive than before. Also, they're in the game at launch, but it's just potential for the moment, as Thompson admits a lot of the dialogue looks wooden. Welcome to Constellation. We have a lot to talk about. But admits there's plenty of time to iterate on NPC animations. Yeah, unfortunately, your character was stuck in space traffic while Todd Howard was handing out all the face bones because <laughs> your avatar doesn't have very many of them. Uh, Thompson voices disappointment with the fidelity and appeal of the created characters, but also recognizes you're unlikely to see your player character much once you get going in the game, unless you're me, who play in all third person. That's, that's all I ever do because they look so stupid. But maybe that, I don't know, maybe that's why they didn't add ray tracing. They didn't want you see, seeing your ugly face with all your low bones reflected in all kinds of surfaces. You put on that space helmet and you just see your gas. It's like accidentally flipping on the front camera of your phone. Nobody wants that. So, yeah, we can understand the move. Who wants to, who doesn't wake up in the mirror only to cry because they don't have enough face bone? Thank you, Todd, for saving us from the horror we live through every day. And hey, if you're a gamer suffering from a lack of face bones, just know you're not alone. Jellyface. <laughs> Starfield's animations are similarly boneless as Thompson praises how NPC movement animations blend between, let's say, standing and running, but finds the animation themselves kind of stiff and basic. Yeah, Havoc physics here make enemy ragdolls kind of bounce around really comically. And that's, yes. an, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Who doesn't love yeah. a, a good gangly NPC? And, yeah. and that is kind of a benefit over older Bethesda games where the NPCs would just kind of slump to the ground. Um, but when you combine that animation with basic combat AI, it just make, it makes all the enemies seem really video gamey. You know, pretty obviously single digit IQ enemies that are just there to be shot and harvested for 5 XP and boring item drops that you're probably not going to pick up anyway because you don't want to get overloaded. Oh, give them to me. I want to hit them with a missile launcher over and over and watch their bodies explode. That sounds great. Uh, it's a similar story with the game universe in general. A lot of it's static. Uh, the only objects we see moving around are enemy ragdolls and super basic physics objects like generic boxes. Yeah, Thompson then makes the inevitable comparison to No Man's Sky when comparing how resources are mined. In No Man's Sky, the terrain actually deforms to represent your mining of resources. And in Starfield, resources are static deposits in unchanging world geometry that you zap until the number goes up. The author then suggests that deformable terrain would be an incredible immersive feature, potentially allowing you to set up rock slides or cave-ins with explosions that would make the act of exploring the galaxy a more transcendent experience than visiting your upteenth planet with unmoving terrain. The video then takes a look at space, about which there really isn't that much to say based on what we've seen. The greatest technical tragedy here is that Starfield will not have dynamic transitions between space flight and in-atmosphere gameplay. Yeah, everybody knows that, and I am still bummed about that. I, I would really like to see that. I don't. I mean, maybe they'll patch it in, or mod, I'm sure models, modders will get it going, but uh, yeah, we'll see. That, that whole thing was confirmed by Todd Howard himself in a June IGN interview where he said, the development resources potentially spent on engineering that transition is, quote, really just not that important to the player. You don't know me, Todd. <laughs> I want to see it. I mean, like, a, but um, maybe Todd Howard, maybe, you know what? Maybe he has a point. After you see it for the hundredth time, you're just kind of like, ah, whatever. Who gives a shit? 
Finally, the video focuses on resolution and performance, reiterating that Starfield is targeting a 4K 30 FPS experience and suggesting that a game like this really should feature some dynamic resolution option that enables a 60 FPS experience. We tend to agree, especially since what we've seen of the game so far doesn't feature any current or even slightly dated rendering techniques that would justify a 30 FPS target. Yeah, if we're gonna accept 30 FPS in the year of our Todd 2023, there better be some breathtaking visuals to justify it. Instead, Starfield is, you know, it just has the rendering techniques and graphical stuff from about five years ago, volumetric lighting and all that stuff. Cool, not cutting edge though, uh, so it's weird. And the promo footage, and this is game and dev, okay, it's not gonna be ultra, you know, it's not gonna be ultra efficient, but even the promo footage couldn't hold 30 FPS. And you, you have to know that they're picking the best footage to represent the game for that. So, if it can't even hold 30 FPS, but it doesn't have ray tracing, it doesn't have all this cool new stuff. I don't know. That's a that's that's one of those. Uh, you know what though? We all know this isn't Bethesda Games DNA. <laughs> I've been saying it for months, probably years now. Uh, re release an open world game with a dated engine, dated graphics, but that special Bethesda je ne sais quoi somehow makes all the glitches, crashes, bugs more endearing than they are enraging. It really truly is a thing that they have done and keep doing, so. As long as their NPCs are just like, there was something about Oblivion especially where all the NPCs were just like five IQ insects and they just kind of buzzed around and did their own thing. So interacting with them was really cute. And if, if Starfield has that, but on a multi-world basis, okay, great. But didn't really see any of that, the radiant AI in the gameplay footage. It was just kind of very boilerplate NPC talk like, ah, adventurer, you're here. Welcome to our clan. Here's a quest for you. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping the, the jank and the gonk becomes visible pretty quickly, because otherwise it seems pretty sterile, but that's every Bethesda game on paper. And then when you get it playing, and it's just a whole other thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, as of yet, the whole, like, shipping a broken game thing doesn't seem as, like, Maybe it's just optics, but it doesn't ever seem as like malicious as like EA and 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 the dice games and stuff. It's it feels like more of like a oh you little scamp you just couldn't get this together could you? But you couldn't help yourself but from releasing it like oh okay Bethesda I'll give you a I'll give you a couple minutes I'll come in when you're ready. It's like being woken up for school by your mom and she's like all right I'll give you five more minutes but then you got to go to the bus stop. And so I mean like I don't I don't know what it is maybe it's just you know. I'm endeared to like Fallout and stuff, but like, I'm 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 not too pressed about it. Yeah, me either. Bethesda just makes these games that are fun. They're fun to play, and this is something that I've been saying. I've played through New Vegas and Fallout Four just recently, and I'd never played them before. And they are just fun to play, but they look so stupid. They're constant. They're constantly crashing. The graphics never look good. It's but they are masters of their craft. Like Skyrim is is an insane video game that shouldn't work in any capacity, and it does. It works on every level. Plus, modders make the game infinitely better. Uh, I, it's really, really amazing. I don't know how they're doing it, uh, but they are doing it. So it, it's 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 fantastic. Every from everything we can see, Starfield really is shaping up to be another Bethesda trademark uh, production. The delay and reduced platforms would probably mean it should ship in a better state than Fallout seventy six, but. Expect a game that's technically about five years behind the actual curve right now. 60 FPS is the new minimum. We can, it should have been for the last 10 years, but consoles 
dated consoles were holding everything back. No, the most beautiful frame rate is 48 of The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, or There and Back Again, whatever the fuck. Peter Jackson, the visionary, putting it in theaters that couldn't play it. That's how you make a movie. Hey, speaking of visionaries, Charlotte, you got a new single dropping, right? It's already dropped, Bruce. As as of today, me, Mom's Home, uh, released a song called Head Down. And you can listen to it wherever you want to stream. If you want to support me directly, it's on my Bandcamp. You can also buy the rest of my music. It's momshome.bandcamp.com. Um, it's a goddamn banger. Uh, Mondo Torres did the mix. Autumn Farrell on backup vocals. She nailed it. Or is it green? I guess. Oops. Wait. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. You can call her whatever you want. Autumn. <laughs> Just stay away from my wife. We've got some patrons that would never uh, release a buggy game ever. Uh, yeah, they would. Brian Cosner, Kyle Heaton, Tony Varela, and James Bowser. Thank you very much for being our patrons. Bruce, I got a few patrons that are close personal friends of Todd Howard. They could text him whenever they want, but we would never ask that. But they could. That's it. The Creatures with Nerds Brews Gaming, Rook or Captain Coldblood, Christopher Glavin, and Crabfoam. Thank you very much, and thank you for being tasteful about your Howard connections. There's a fly in here. <laughs> 